That was one. That was one of my favorite uh, years of playing the NFL, man. Yeah. So, uh, good morning, everyone. This is uh, Nitha Ramachandra from the NR Hour Sports Show. Um, this is episode 682 with Eric Coleman, former NFL defensive back from the Jets, and I'm joined by two of my friends from the their show, Bobby Thompson and Julian. So uh, thank you for joining us, Eric. This is truly an honor, and we finally made this happen. Um, first of all, how are you and your family doing so far during this tough situation? Obviously, we're in a new year. Well, you know, thank you guys for having me, and uh, and we're blessed. You know, my family and I are, are doing well. We came down to Florida, and um, and everyone's thriving. You know, the kids are doing well. They're in sports, uh, in school. Everybody's healthy, so I'm really thankful. Mm -hmm. So I'll let Julian and Bobby start it off here. <clears throat> All right, so I'll start it off. Um, Eric, my favorite player was Curtis Martin growing up, so I'm really curious. Did he set the tone for you guys in 2004? Was he a big leader in the locker room? What were you able to learn from him? Oh, man, Curtis was, uh, you know, probably one of my favorite teammates that I had. You know, when I got into the league, um, you know, I, I, came, I walked into a locker room full of, of veterans. You know, Curtis Martin, Sean Ellis, <clears throat> Chad Pennington, Wayne Krebeck. You know, so many uh, great players in this league. And, uh, and Curtis is one of those guys that I, I reached out to. I said, man, Curtis, you got to tell me, how do you last so long in this league? You know, what, is it, uh, what does it take, you know, to, to play this long and to play at a high level? And, you know, he, you know, he broke it down to me. And, you know, I was constantly in his ear. <clears throat> Sorry, apologize. Um, I was constantly in his ear, you know, just watching him, watching how he worked on and off the field. And he was just a consummate pro. And, you know, I continue to, to follow what he's doing now. Um, just a great all-around person, great leader, very intense, uh, you know, when it came to practice, when it comes to playing the games. Uh, so, yeah, he was a tone setter for our team. Uh, he was one of the leaders and one of the vocal guys as well. That's a great response. I really admire him. I had That was my first jersey and everything. You also had a great year that year. You ended up starting. You played all 16 games at the safety spot. You had around 100 tackles, four picks. So, what made your transition to the NFL not easy, but what were you able to um, – what helped you start off so well? Um, you know, you know I, I was blessed. I, I was blessed to be drafted into a situation uh, where, where I had a lot of good veterans. You know, Reggie Tung was in my, in my secondary room, Ray Mickens, mm -hmm. Donnie Abraham. All these guys uh, had very long careers and, um, you know, helped speed up my learning process. Um, I had some great coaches. You know, Herm Edwards was, was an amazing coach, Corwin Brown. And uh, Donnie Henderson, they were all great coaches to me and just helped me get prepared. You know, when I came into the league, you know, it was it was one thing, you know, to get drafted. One thing that, you know, coming to the NFL, that was a big accomplishment. But my goal was never just to get drafted to the NFL. I wanted to go and have longevity. I wanted to play at a high level and have a, a long standing career. So, you know, I stayed I stayed in my books. I studied. I, I understood the communication. And when when it was my time, when someone was hurt, um, in training camp, I was my number was called. They said two six, get in there, and I knew what I was doing, and I was effective, and I was able to make some plays when it counted for the team. And you know, it was all you know because of the support of my teammates. Uh, you know, they pushed me, they believed in me, my coaches believed in me, and uh, and thank the Lord, I was able to make some plays and and, uh, and have a great year. Hmm. Truly awesome. Absolutely. So, unlike Julian, I'm different. <laughs> I am a diehard New England Patriots fan. So uh -oh. my question to you is going to be, what was it like going up against Tom Brady? Uh, man, going against Tom Brady was, was always tough. Uh, you knew that when you played against Tom Brady that he was going to be prepared. 
he was going to have a great understanding of how your defense worked. Um, so you tried to change things up and they never worked. Uh, you know, he was, he was such an efficient player, uh, you know, so smart, great arm, accurate, you know, really just had all the tools, you know, and, and they just had so many different schemes. You know, I, I often tell the story about, you know, how they changed their schemes. There, there was one time we were playing um, the New England Patriots and the week before they had played Minnesota. I think it was, uh, no, they played Minnesota on a Sunday. We played them on a Monday night and Tom Brady threw like 52 passes. They were in five wide most of the game, uh, threw the ball around the field. And so, you know, all week, you know, we were activating cornerbacks, uh, safeties from practice squad. You know, we were deactivating defensive linemen and linebackers so we can get more speed on the field. And we really uh, came up with a great game plan for what they had done against Minnesota. And on Monday Night Football, they came out with three tight ends, two running backs, and ran the ball for the first 14 plays and, uh, and ran it down our throat, really, and kind of set the tone that way. But um, Tom Brady always seemed like he was a step ahead, you know, just a, a great player. Uh, it, it was fun being able to compete with him for so long. Hmm. Absolutely. Now, going up against the Patriots, did you have to change your game plan literally every week? Now, you play them two times a year, so the first time you play them, like you said, that you prepared for them throwing the ball, they were going to throw the ball because the week before they threw 52 times and then they ran it. Did you really have to really have two game plans in a way to go up against Well, them? well the, the thing that you had to do playing against the Patriots was go back in your film study, do, do a self-scout and, and check for plays that beat you as a defense because chances are they were going to go back and look at the film, see it what you got beat on and install those plays into their offense. So uh, that's why they were never really the same offense because they always adjusted. They always, um, you know, try to exploit your weaknesses. And if you didn't go back and correct your mistakes from the past, they were going to come back when you played New England. So that was something that we always had to focus on. Absolutely. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan here, but we'll get to that later. But for you, um, while you were growing up and uh, when you were playing football in high school and college, or before college, did you get to play like multiple positions uh, throughout your career in high school? Yeah, yeah. In high school, you know, I played multiple positions. I played multiple sports. Um, played basketball, baseball as well. Um, but I played cornerback. Um, I played running back in high school. You know, those are my two positions that I, I really loved. Um, you know, as a as a freshman in high school, I wasn't able to really play running back because I was too light. I was about 135, hmm. so I played a lot of corner. And um, as I put some weight on, I was able to play running back, kick return, punt return, uh, do those things, and, and really just loved it. Uh, and it wasn't up until I started getting recruited that, you know, I, I was getting recruited to some schools to play running back, some to play cornerback. Right. And, you know, when I when I got to these visits, I remember going to Oregon State and seeing how big their defense was. They had, like, DeLorence Grant and all these, all these like, amazing players. Chad Johnson was on that team. T.J. Hushmanzada was on that team. Wow. And I remember going on a visit there and seeing how big their defense was. And I, I said to myself, I need to be a part of this. I need to be on the, their side of the ball, on their side of the fight. So I decided I wanted to play cornerback. Hmm. I went to Washington State. Uh, in my first practice, my coach said, you know, the first meeting that we had, he told me I was playing safety, and which I had never played. And so that was kind of a surprise, but it was a, it was a fun transition. I, I love playing safety. I went back and played corner one year in college, but, um, you know, safety was my natural position. Hmm. Uh, Julian or? Yeah, I mean, okay. So 
that 2014 was very good, and you guys had a nice playoff run. That Steelers game irks me to this day, and I'm sure it irks at you too. So what was it like playing in the playoffs in that atmosphere, especially in Heinz Field for your first season? It must have been an electric moment. I'm curious your thoughts on that game and like that whole season, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a special season. You know, my rookie year, uh, we had played Pittsburgh once during the regular season that year. And, um, you know, it was, it was a tough game. You know, we, we battled. Um, so, you know, we knew what we were getting into when we beat San Diego and we're going back up to Pittsburgh for that playoff game. Um, you know, we knew it was going to be intense. You know, the Pittsburgh fans are crazy. Um, it, it was really – that was probably one of my best experiences playing as far as going to a stadium because, you know, like you would, you would pull up. And there were all these highways going to the stadium. And everywhere you looked, it was, was, you know, black and yellow. Everywhere, barbecuing, down the street, you know, wherever you were, it was black and yellow. People were going to work. Because we played a Saturday game. We arrived from the airport. We were going to our hotel. Everyone had their Steelers jerseys on with their suit pants and their suit jacket. Everyone was wearing jerseys. And um, it, was a, it was a really intense environment. It was, it was fun to play. That game was – it went back and forth the whole game. You know, we made some big plays on, on defense. They made some plays. And, you know, at the end of regulation, we had an opportunity to win it. And, you know, we missed a field goal. Uh, so we went into overtime. And then, you know, the offense had a great series. We, we, we um, I think we threw a deep bomb to Santana, to Santana Moss, uh, got a field goal range, kicked another field goal to win in overtime and missed that one. And they, of course, ended up winning and going on. I think they won the Super Bowl that year. Wow. So it was tough. You know, that was my rookie year. So, you know, of course, my thinking was, you know, we'll be back next year. Mm. You know, you know, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we made it to the playoffs. We'll go to the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> and next year, of course, that didn't happen. Our starting quarterback gets hurt. Backup quarterback gets hurt. Uh, you oh. know, we had some other injuries. And then next thing you know, Coach Herm is off to Kansas City. And uh, we, we have a new coach. Yeah, that was a tough transition. I really did like Herm Edwards a lot. Definitely one of my favorite coaches the Jets have had in recent memory. But – that was when I first really started watching the Jets, too, because I was, like, around 10, 12 at that time, like, when I could kind of understand a little bit. So I really did like that team. And I'm going to ask you this. I'm also a Falcons fan, too, because I really like Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. So I'm going to ask you, what was it like playing with Matt Ryan? Oh, man, Matt Ryan was, uh, was a great player to play with. You know, when I, when I signed with Atlanta, uh, that was his rookie year. And so, you know, the other safety that I played with was Lawyer Malloy, you know, all pro, you know, all pro safety, Super Bowl winner, uh, was, a, was a great player to, you know, to, to play with and learn from. And I remember that we were, you know, in, in spring ball, you know, we would go out there and, and we would disguise our coverages and trick Matt into throwing interceptions. And as we went through training camp, he started working us and he started manipulating the defense and, and making these great throws. And then we got into the first game of the season. And I think the first play, the first pass he ever threw was like an 80 yard touchdown to Michael Jenkins. And so, you know, he was one of those quarterbacks that was a great leader when he came in, uh, you know, he was confident in his arm. He always made the tough throw um, and was a, was it was a fun, was a really good teammate, really good person. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of fun playing with Matt. That's really cool. I, I do like him a lot. I think he gets a little disrespected at times. I think he's a touch underrated, but he's a great quarterback. He's definitely in the Hall of Fame path, so it's really cool to hear those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great play. <clears throat> so my question to you is what was it like playing with Calvin Johnson? Mm. Playing with Calvin Johnson was uh, something special. You know, he was, he was probably the, 
actually he's by far the best athlete I've ever played with. You know, uh, when, I, when I got there, you know, there's this guy, he's six foot six, he's 240 pounds, you know, 40 plus inch vertical, you know, strong. Uh, and, it was, and when I saw it, he was the hardest worker on the team. You know, he came to practice every day. He worked hard, worked at his craft, and um, was a really humble guy, you know, a great person. So, you know, Calvin was a great player to play with and made, just made great plays every game and really put his body out on the line and, and sacrificed a lot to be out there. So, um, you know, it, it was fun, you know, getting to watch him, you know, being on the other side of the ball, being able to watch him go out there and make plays. So throughout your career, when you had to go in coverage, who was the hardest per player you had to cover? Hardest player I had to cover. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a lot of them. You know, it's, it's crazy because in the NFL, you know, you hear all these names and, you know, just Terrell Owens and Chad Johnson and, you know, Calvin and, you know, Julio Jones, all these great players that you play against. But really everybody is good out there. You know, there could be a guy from the practice squad <coughs> come out and cook you if you're not, you know, on your P's and Q's. So, um, you know, there's just a lot of great players. I, I would say this, my first game, of my NFL career, I got beat on a touchdown by Chad Johnson. And that was tough. You know, he was shifty. He ran great routes. Um, probably one of the best route runners that I've ever had to cover. I came back and got an interception against him. But, uh, you know, he, he was nonetheless, he was probably one of the best route runners I played against. But there were so many, you know, I, I can't name one player that was better than the other. Yeah, that is a tough question. It's, it really is. But one of my last questions for you is, when you were with Detroit, you played with Matthew Stafford, and I'm sure you heard now that he's going to be parting ways with Detroit. In mm -hmm. your opinion, do you th where do you think would be an ideal landing spot for him? Oh, man, there's a lot of ideal spots. Uh, the, the first spot that I think of when I think of Matthew Stafford is Indianapolis. Mm. I mean, you know, they already have the great offensive line. They have some great <clears throat> talent at wide receiver. The defense is, is fantastic. Philip Rivers re retired. Uh, so I think that um, Matthew Stafford would be a great fit for the Colts in their offense. Um, you know, he's a great player. He still has a lot of years left in him. He's a tough competitor, a phenomenal arm. Uh, I think he can really, you know, bring a lot to a team. But, um, you know, wherever he lands, I'm sure he's going to be successful. I think a change of scenery is probably best for him. And, uh, and I look forward to watching his career and seeing him develop or seeing him continue his greatness. Absolutely. Indy's a great uh, landing spot for him, but I'm praying to God New England gets him. I really – <laughs> Man, but, um, I, hope, I hope New England gives, gives nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed them being terrible. <laughs> so I got to ask you about your uh, draft experience. Take, take me back to your draft, and obviously you got drafted in 04, round five, pick 143. So – what was that like and getting the call from the Jets and, uh, and spending time with your family and friends? What was the draft, draft experience like? Man, the draft that was, a, that was a special time in my life. You know, it was a, um, you know I, was a, I was a guy who was a, you know, had a mid-round grade. I didn't expect to be drafted on the first day. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I got drafted, it was rounds one through three was on Saturday, rounds four through seven was on Sunday. Hmm. So Saturday, I didn't really pay attention to it. I, I would check it out and see. You know, if any of my friends got drafted, where they're going, you know, it was, it was really cool. Uh, Sunday, you know, I woke up, I went to my grandmother's house. Uh, she was out of town, so I was by myself. And um, 
and I was just watching the draft. I watched the round four. I was hoping I'd get picked. You know, I was I was kind of excited. You know, butterflies in my stomach, nerves were going, and I was watching round four. And then all of a sudden, it go to round five, and um, it changed from ESPN to ESPN two. And mm-hmm. my grandmother didn't have ESPN two, so uh, I was kind of in the blind. You know, I was sitting there, I was panicking. I was walking around. I was like. I was tearing up. I, you know, I called my agent. I'm like, man, am I going to get drafted? Is this going to happen? And, um, you know, I prayed. You know, I kept my faith. And I came back to my grandmother's house, and I was just sitting on the couch, just looking at the wall, and my phone vibrated. And it was, you know, this 516 area code. And anybody from New York knows that's, uh, that's Long Island. And it was the New York Jets. And they called me and said, um, you know, Eric, would you like to be a New York Jet? And I was like, hell yeah, I'd like to be a Jet. You know, I'd never been, I'd never been to the East Coast. I'd never been East of Texas in my life, right. uh, but I would love to be a New York Jet. And so, you know, he said, if the Atlanta Falcons don't select you with this next pick, then we're going to draft you. And they didn't. Um, I called my mom because my mom was at her house. She was throwing a party and, uh, and I didn't want anything to do with the party. So I called my mom on the other phone. I had my cell phone on my left, my, my grandmother's house phone on the right. <laughs> And I called, I didn't say anything. And he said, congratulations, you're a New York Jet. And about 20 seconds later is when it came up on the TV screen. I hear everybody start screaming. And uh, it, was, it was a great feeling. You know, I drove up to my mom's house after that. We, you know, we hugged, we cried. Um, it was a big celebration. We had a nice barbecue. And it was, a, it was a really a good time, a great moment in my life. But I knew it was just the start. Right. Hmm. Uh, Julian or? Yeah, okay, so Bobby brought up one quarterback. I'm going to bring up another one that has definitely been in the news lately, and I think you know where I'm going to go with this one. So, Sean Watson, Jets, what do you think is the likelihood that, that actually happens? Oh, oh man, thank you. Uh, Deshaun Watson to the Jets would be amazing. You know, he's a, yeah, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. You know, obviously he did more with less this year. Uh, still had, you know, Pro Bowl numbers, all pro numbers you know, with the Texans team where they took away his best receiver. So, you know, if the Jets were to get Deshaun Watson, that'd be amazing. Uh, but at the same time, I am confident in, in what Sam Darnold can do. I think you put the right pieces around them, put the good offensive line. I, I still think that he's a very good quarterback and he has his best football ahead of him. So, uh, yes, it would be great to get Deshaun Watson because he's, you know, he's a, he's a game changer. Right. He'll, he'll change, you know, the trajectory of your whole organization. But at the same time, I know that there's a lot more um, issues that the Jets need to address. So I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to just uh, put all my, my coins in on that one. So it would be exciting. You know, it'd be, it'd be something new, but um, I'm still confident in Sam. That's a really good point. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can go. I don't know if they'll draft someone in two. They could trade back, maybe go with Sewell. I mean, there's so many different options for them. It's going to be interesting to yeah. see how J.D. and uh, Salah attack this offseason. I'm definitely excited, though. They have a lot of cap space and um, a lot of draft capital. So what do you think is the best way they should attack the offseason then? Um, <clears throat> that, I mean, that's a good question. I think uh, – one second. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. I didn't want to scream in you guys' ear. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, – I mean, it's tough. You know, you, you, have a lot of free, you have a lot of money in free agency, but you always want to build your team, the foundation of your team, through the draft. And they have a lot of – they have two first-round picks. They have um, – I want to say nine picks in the first three rounds. So, you know, that's a lot of, a lot of opportunity to bring in some good talent, uh, to build a nice foundation. They already have some great players like Quinnen Williams. Hopefully they re-sign Marcus May. That would be great. You know, he's a big playmaker and a big leader. 
um, back there. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of great players that they have um, that, that they'll be drafting, that they have in the organization already. And it's just about getting the right guys. Uh, you know, I think you add in some complimentary players of free agency, maybe a wide receiver, maybe a cornerback, uh, maybe, you know, some offensive line help. And, you know, and you're still getting back C.J. Mosley. You know, there, there's so many, you know, additions and so much to look forward to if you're a Jets fan. Absolutely. I'm excited for it. I think there's better days ahead. I really like the Salah hire, so we'll see what happens going forward. Yes, sir. I, I like that hire, too. He's a, he's a great coach, a great leader. So I, I'm excited about the direction that the organization is going in. So I got to ask you about, uh, obviously, the, the Falcons uh, didn't call you on the draft. So what made you choose to sign with the Falcons after uh, your Jets career? Because or what, was it tough leaving the Jets at first? And what made you choose the Falcons? Um, you know, yeah, leaving the Jets was tough. You know, my, my wife, um, who I had just got engaged to, was from New York. I had built a life on yeah. Long Island. And, um, you know, it, it was going to be tough to leave. And, you know, going into free agency, the, uh, my first visit was to the Falcons. Thomas Dimitrov had just got there uh, from New England. He worked me out when I was a rookie. And, um, you know, it was, it was just a, a good atmosphere for me. You know, they had, um, you know, some, they had some opportunity for me to come in and start and make a big impact. And I like the direction of their organization. You know, um, Arthur Blank does an amazing job, um, you know, with the facilities, with the, um, you know, just his whole belief system. He's just a great person. All those guys for the Falcons are heavy in the community. And it was a really good atmosphere. And I was excited about it. So, uh, so that's, you know, really why I ended up going with the Falcons. So you know what I'll ask you what how what's it like being on the on the radio with the late night show for the Jets? Oh, it's awesome. You know, it's um, you know, I get to analyze the game. I get to sit back and you know when when Jets fans are frustrated or happy, you know, I just <laughs> yeah, tell them the real. You know what I mean? I, yeah, you know, I, I'm trying not to be you know I try not to be too negative. I try not to be a homer. You know, I try to just tell what's real. You know, I watch the footage. You know, I break down clips. I talk about examples of, of what's going on in the, on the field, and um, and I talk about my experiences. So I think it's great uh, to get a different perspective, and uh, it's definitely fun to talk about you know my my squad. You know I, I consider myself a Jet. You know I played there. They drafted me. Um, you know I live in Long Island, so it's um, you know that that's really the home team right now. So uh, it, it's it's definitely an honor to be able to to represent them on the on their late night show. You know do their pre and post game shows, and uh, and just continue to talk about football. It's been a blessing. Absolutely. Do you miss the game? No, I don't. I don't. You know, I was I was blessed. I was blessed to, you know, to play enough football. I played nine years. Mm -hmm. I played a lot of ball. Um, I don't miss the game. I do miss my teammates. I do miss the camaraderie. I miss, you know, the the working together, you know, working out, training, um, you know, just just the grind of it. You know, I, I really embrace that and and I love that. You know, I love getting to know different guys and it was just fun. It's nice going into a locker room uh, with, you know, 53 other guys that understand, uh, you know, what you're going through, you know, the, the, the frustrations that you may have. You know, not a lot of people can relate to, to what an NFL player goes through. And when you have your brothers in there, it's, uh, it's nice to have, you know, all those guys to be able to chat with. So um, that, that's what I miss, the camaraderie. But, um, you know, through, you know, I think through the NFL, um, you know, the, the, the players union, you know, the, the NFL legends community, um, the NFL alumni, they have a lot of organizations post-football that, that really give you an opportunity to reconnect right. with your former teammates and, and NFL brothers. Uh, you know, it's a small group, so it's nice to be able to connect with them and, and, uh, and share those stories and, and uh, 
and just just look back on what you did, what you accomplished, because you know it's really amazing that we all got to play in the NFL. Yeah. Absolutely, it's a great honor. It really is. Mm-hmm. So I got to ask you this though. Uh, so whoever didn't know about you as a player, what did you bring to the field as a defensive back? And th- uh, what was your nickname uh, on the field? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you don't know me, you know, I'm not the biggest guy. Right. Um, I'm smart. I'm smart. I'm, I'm feisty. Uh, I'm a scrapper. You know what I mean? I like to get down and dirty. Um, you know, seldom will I beat myself. I'm not going to make a lot of mental mistakes. I'm going to go out there, uh, make the tough tackles. Um, I love tackles. You know, that was that was one thing that I really – you know, had, you know, I had a hundred plus tackles in probably all my, my first of my five seasons in the NFL. Um, I love sticking my face in there and, and, and getting dirty. Um, I love having fun. You know, I enjoyed every minute of playing and um, it depends on who you ask what's my nickname. Uh, you know, if you ask my, my, my college teammates, uh, you know, my high school teammates probably, you know, they probably call them, what do they call me? I don't know what they call me, uh, but my, but probably in college, they call me the grouch. Because I, I would always I would always snap and go off on the field, so they would call me the Grouch. Um, in the NFL, they just call me EC. You know, I'm just I'm just I'm just E or E Swole. They call me, started calling me E Swole. Uh, I had a bunch of nicknames. So whatever team you play for, whatever group that you're with, you're gonna have a nickname, and, and that's what's cool about the locker room. You know, I, every every person I play with has a nickname, and it's uh, it's cool. You know, because we all have our own little identities, and you know, it's it's a nice fraternity. Hmm. So the three of us are all trying to break into the media industry and do similar things that you do. We all have our own podcast. Me and Bobby have GNT Sports Talk. Nathan has the NR Hour. We all work together with Grunt Talks. Bobby's huge in the football. I'm big into baseball. And Nathan kind of does every sport, it seems like. But um, I guess my best question would be is, what is your advice for all of us? Uh, continue the grind. You know, continue to put in the work. Uh, do the research, put in the effort, keep with this podcast. You know, you guys are at an advantage that, you know, probably I didn't have um, when I started, you know, podcasts. You can put up interviews on your social media. People can see it. You never know who's going to see these interviews and, and you know, who's going to see the talent, the, the questions that you ask. Uh, but it is a grind. You know, it's, it's a lot of work. You know, I, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I worked for free for two years before I started getting the real opportunities. Um, you know, it was it was definitely tough. I had to you know wake up late. I still I still grind. You know, when I do my late night show, you know, on Sundays during the NFL season, I do my serious show. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's at seven in the morning. So when I lived in Long Island, I drive into the city. I wake up at you know four forty five in the morning. I go into the city, go to the stadium, you know, do my shows, uh, come back home, have <coughs> dinner with my family, put my kids to sleep go back to the city again, get back home at two two thirty in the morning. So, you know, it's a, it's a, a long day. It's a grind. Um, but if you love it, it's not work. You know what I mean? So just, you know, st- stick with it, continue to put in the work. Uh, just, I guess, show your personality. Don't try to be somebody else. Just be yourself. And then, you know, that's the only way really to shine. Hmm. So, Thank you so much for the great advice. That's really awesome. Thank and we'll you, definitely take that forward it's really helpful yeah. best of luck guys so speaking of um speaking of media what's it so you know my you know my boy uh, earl mark so what's what's it like uh when did you start connecting with him and uh what do you think about his show he does a great uh, great job with his show so uh when did you when mm-hmm. did you start connecting with uh, earl mark yeah man earl, earl and i connected this summer uh we did a show called the weekend crunch yeah. and uh it was fun man we had we had a lot of good fun he's a he's a very talented um, 
he's a very talented host. You know, he's very knowledgeable, has a great personality, uh, and he's a grinder. He's a hard worker as well. So, you know, I have no doubt that he's going to have a lot of success uh, in his future. I look forward to working with him in the future. And, um, you know, just a very talented, very talented individual. Um, Bobby, uh, Julian, no. Bobby, you have any final questions? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I would. Um, I'll ask you whenever you get to join, and I do have a uh, a podcast, as he said, GNT Sports yeah. Talk. Um, whenever you get the chance, we were wondering maybe sometime within the future we could have you on our show if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Nathan will tell you I'm I'm hard to track down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a couple of businesses and three kids, but you know, I definitely you know do my best to get on there. I love you know doing interviews, talking sports. Uh, it's what I love. So, um, yeah, I definitely would love to do that in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. So yeah. I, I got him. Uh, I think that you guys have to leave, right? Or, well, I have, all right, I'll say one last thing and I guess we can wrap it up. Cause I know he probably wants to get going too. So we appreciate that. I followed you on the accounts with Grunt Talks MLB and my personal, which is Julian Galardi 11 on Instagram. So you can look out for that if you want. And I'll give you the landscape of what we do really quickly. So the website does like baseball and football. We break down art. We do articles. We do videos that we talk about football and baseball too on YouTube. We have blogs, card shops. We have, we're a media company. So just giving you the blueprint of kind of what we do. Nice, man. That's, I mean, that's awesome. You know, you, you have all the, the opportunities. Just keep it up. Keep yeah. up the good work, man. And, and I can't say it enough. You know, people right now are at an advantage. We have this this social media at our hands that we can, you know, put out content, we can uh, put it for the world to see. And all it takes is one person. All it takes is one person to, to the right person to see it. And next thing you know, I mean, you're, you're on one of the big networks. So yeah. keep it up, man. So, um, so I got a, I got a couple more things for you here. Um, so looking back, uh, all right, so looking back at your career, how, how great are you to be in this position uh, to be able to con continue covering football as an analyst now and, covering the the former team you played with. What, what's that been like and how grateful are you to be in this position? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. You know, football has been good to me. You know, it gave me an opportunity to get my college education, uh, to go to the NFL, to move to New York, to live all around the, the country. Uh, so, you know, football has definitely blessed me and my family. Uh, you know, and to be able to be retired from the game and to still – uh, be involved with it, to be able to talk about it, break it down, you know, give my experiences of when I played, uh, you know, it's a tremendous blessing. You know, I don't take it for granted. I'm very excited about talking ball, um, you know, talking life, really. You know, I love inspiring the young players, being able to give back. And, um, you know, it's just something that I'm, I'm very thankful to be in this position. Yeah, so I usually do this um, rapid fire segment on my show, but um, I'm going to I'm going to do this. I, I, I call it, I have another name for this called the million dollar question. So I got a couple of them. For, so what are your thoughts? On, so I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan. So what are your thoughts on Travion Diggs? Do you think he can evolve, uh, take the next step as a, uh, a like a the next great defensive back? Or do you, do you think he needs more time to improve? No, I think, no, I don't think, I don't think time is an issue. You know, I think, I think, you know, he's, he's on his way. Um, you know, he's a great player, has uh, great instincts. Uh, footwork is great. You know, there's, there's, the sky's the limit for him. You know, as much work he, as he wants to put into it is what he's going to get out of it. Uh, but he definitely has the tools uh, to become a great player. So, um, you know, Dallas is in a, a, a great situation right now. they got a new defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of changes there, but I think it's going to be for the better. 
Yeah, so I know that you cover – you do a lot of things with the Jets, but uh, Robert Sala is now on the staff, which uh, that's a great hire for you guys. But would you consider being on his staff in the future if he gives you the opportunity? <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, listen, coaching is something that I, you know, that I always thought I was going to do. thought I was going to get into coaching, but, um, you know, business kind of took over. You know, I, I had the opportunity to make some moves outside of football, and, uh, and it's been great. I get to spend time with my kids. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a part of me, you know, so I can't help but, um, you know, be attracted to, to going back to the game and, and, and teaching the game. And, you know, it's something that I love. And, uh, you know, the X's and O's, understanding, what, you know, what was going on was something that helped me thrive throughout my career. So, um, you know, it would be great to have an opportunity to, to coach at the NFL level. I would, you know, definitely, I, I would definitely give that a long look. Um, but, you know, it's not something that I'm pursuing right now, but if the opportunity came, I, you know, I'd be excited about it. So the last two things here before we let you go, um, this is a question I've been bringing up to all our guests, actually, about the late Kobe Bryant, his daughter, Gianna. Obviously, uh, January 26th was their anniversary. So do you have any, like, Kobe memories? And have you, got, have you met him in, in person before? Or, um, do you, like, do you guys remember where you were at the day when it happened? Yeah, I mean, I definitely <laughs> remember where I was. I was at a restaurant um, on Long Island with my family, and, you know, I didn't believe it. You know, I, I was crushed. Uh, you know, my daughter was crying. Uh, you know, it was a, it was an emotional day. You know, Kobe is one of those guys who I never had the opportunity to meet him, uh, but I definitely watched him. I was a big fan. Uh, you know, he's one of the greats. You know, he had the tenacity, the work ethic. Um, he was a great father and husband. You know, that was, those are some things that I love to, to watch out of him. And, you know, what I really paid attention to was, you know, off the court when he was done playing, what, what did he do? You know, he did so much to impact others. Uh, you know, he got into business. He was a great father, great leader. He helped the WNBA. Just a, just a tremendous human being, one of a kind. And it's a shame that he was taken from us so early. So, uh, you know, and then I think about his daughter, and, it, you know, it makes me emotional. You know, I have two daughters myself and a son, and, and I can't imagine living in a world without them. So, um, you know, it just, it just makes me be thankful for, for what I have, thankful, you know, to be alive, you know, thankful for everything that, we, that we've ever gone through. But, uh, you know, definitely rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, Gianna, uh, his daughter, uh, the, the rest of the families that, that passed away in that horrible accident. Uh, you know, God be with them. And, and uh, you know, I pray for their, pray for his family. And the last thing here, um, this, uh, this t ties into the nurses and doctors and the essential workers. Would you like to say anything to them right now? And um, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, what was your reaction when the NFL it's giving them 75,000 free tickets for the healthcare workers to come to the Super Bowl this year. And that's a great idea. And uh, speaking of, I think that ties into, so me and my co-host Alyssa, we had uh, Brian McFadden on, on the show a couple of weeks ago. And um, he mentioned the idea to on our show. And, and then the two days after that, we had Demir Smith from the NFLPA on the show. And then we discussed that idea with, uh, we brought up Brian McFadden's idea to him. So I don't know if it ties into that with the ticket stuff, but what are your thoughts mm -hmm. uh, giving them 75,000 free tickets and uh, supporting that in, in that way? Well, I think it's amazing. You know, the, um, you know, first of all, D Smith is an amazing person yeah. and a great leader. Um, you know, I've known him for some years and, you know, just a great person. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Brian McFadden is an amazing analyst. Yeah. He was a great player. He's a great person. So <clears throat> shout out to those two brothers right there. Um, as far as the, the, the workers, you know, yeah, I thank them. You know, they, they put their lives in the lines, they put their families' lives in the lines and sacrifice so much uh, to keep this country healthy and, and going. So, you know, big shout out to them and just thank you for all the sacrifice 
the long hours, the you know the emotional roller coasters that they've been going through. Uh, you know, I, I can't thank them enough. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's great for the NFL to honor them and give them those tickets, give them the opportunity to go enjoy a game and have some time to themselves. Well said, and there it is. That wraps up episode 682 on the Anna Hour Show. Thanks for joining us, uh, Eric Coleman. Uh, obviously, <clears throat> played in the NFL, defensive back. Um, this has truly been an honor. I'll be posting this on all social media formats and uh, continue uh, continue grinding. Keep up the great work. We love what you do on the on the uh, Jets show uh, when, when you guys cover the Jets. So keep it up and uh, bright. Uh, I, I, it's looking good for the Jets in the future. So hopefully they can capitalize on a few things. But uh, you and your family stay safe, and uh, thank you again. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You guys keep up the great work. Thank you. And, uh, and God bless. I want to thank you also. This is really an honor. Amazing <coughs> Jets fan. Just great insight. Can't thank you enough. This is incredible. Thank you. So My good pleasure. luck going forward as well. And hopefully we'll meet again. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great yeah, one. No problem.